1: Hello and welcome to episode 129 of... Tyrone On this episode, I'll be talking to Julia Masley, a comedian originally from Estonia and grew up then in London. Well, I'm not going to talk about my foot again on this podcast because I believe my foot is pretty much fixed from running on the beach barefoot. So that's that we might move on to another part of my body for the next 10 podcasts. I go for a dip in the sea now twice a week, and I'm really enjoying that. So for the mental health of anybody, I would uh, recommend running and dips in the sea two or three times a week. Uh, that's what I would recommend. Also a bath. I'm having a bath nearly every evening and reading Bleak House by Charles Dickens. It's a uh, 1,000 pages long and I'm 800 pages in. It's going to take me over a month to read this book because I'm a slow reader but I'm enjoying it and it's quite an uh, eye-opening book as it kind of gives you, as a lot of Dickens books do, an idea of how tough life was back in Dickens's time. If you didn't have money you're banjacks you have to rely on the relatives or the kindness of strangers and um there's one very sad story about a little little fella called joe who had no education and just tough like very tough and yet there's another character or a few characters in it who are obsessed with working for charity, making it known that they do a lot of work for charity but in fact they don't see the poverty uh, that is on their doorstep. So they work for a charity that uh, is in Africa or something, collecting money for Africa and don't see the poverty that's on their doorstep or or they do see the poverty on their doorstep. It's there in front of them but they don't They're not interested, they just want to preach to the poor and tell them how they should be living their lives better. It's unbelievable. Like, it's very similar now. There are people like that when it comes to, I think, to do with mental health, which is a great thing that it's open and people talk about mental health. But I do think there are people who are, a few people who are exploiting uh, it as well to do talks for companies and charge a lot of money to do this. And I wonder if they uh do you know, if it's really um it's a, if it's really about the money or not. I've been asked to do talks about mental health in companies as well and I didn't do that. I did I said I'll do stand up and I'll talk about mental health for a minute or two. But as I'm not qualified I just don't like the idea of preaching about it. I don't like the idea of preaching about it. And I mean the people who really would benefit are probably uh not going to benefit from you going uh given um kind of kind of advice that is obvious um because there are many reasons for mental health you know, uh, uh, problems and uh, in general uh, I think maybe social media has a lot to do with it uh, and uh, people are not going out and going doing simple things like going for a walk, and I think even this lockdown has actually opened people 's eyes to the brilliance of just going for a walk. I heard a few people saying to me they that autumn has been absolutely beautiful this year, not because it hasn't been beautiful any other year, but because they've noticed it this year, because they've had the time and they've not been stuck in traffic on their way to and from work. And lots of people, I think, will take this out of the pandemic when, it, when it's over, that You don't need to be stuck in traffic for two hours every morning and two hours every evening. And uh, we can all perhaps uh, work a lot more from home and have more quality of life. Quality of life is far more important than earning money. Yeah, that's the truth. So uh, that's far more important, I think, uh, all those tiny little things than... um, that's a change to your lifestyle that's uh, far more important than going to a, uh, some guy who's going to give you a talk about mental health so I, it's the same with all the bullshit uh, uh, positive talk, type talk companies love fucking paying thousands of euros for some arsehole who maybe has climbed fucking Everest to come in and tell you how you could be better in your job. Because he climbed Everest or because he walked across a desert or because he runs marathons or something like that. He, I'm saying he, is. I think it's a lot of men that do these things. And, I mean, does that really help you in your work, listening to this bullshit? No, it doesn't. I think um, if you buy all these self-help books, the best self-help book, how to make, uh, you know, how to it's always about how to make money. It's never about how to be a happy person. It's how it's always like this is how you'll make money. So, you know, they're bullshit Uh, and um, meditation probably would be a better way to go. Uh, Very, very simple, but not as easy as you think, is it? So, uh, well, two over two weeks since uh, Biden won the election. But of course, Trump is attacking democracy as we speak. What a disgusting, cowardly, snivelling, wanker Trump is. I can't believe that over 70 million people voted for this lying piece of shit. I mean, he is so disgusting. Two weeks, over two weeks since Biden won the election and he hasn't conceded. I mean... This has never happened before. George Bush, who was destroyed in the election, was so, you know, welcomed Barack Obama into the White House. Uh, Hillary Clinton, who must have been broken after losing that election, conceded the next day and phoned Donald Trump. Barack Obama, who had been attacked by Trump, saying that he wasn't an American citizen, remember the birtherism thing? welcomed him into the White House and talked uh, at a meeting with him for an hour and a half and, and you know this is disgusting what Trump is doing how can 70 plus million people vote for this absolute disgusting man dishonourable traitor to America it's disgusting anyway that's uh, how I feel about that shit bag Potter Rooney is part of the headstuff Podcast network, and there are many great podcasts on it. Apart from Podarooni, and here's one of them.
0: I'm Connor Reed with words to that effect. How do the Victorians invent time? Where do all those pirate cliches come from? Should we all read romance novels? Why are kids so obsessed with dinosaurs? What makes the perfect detective story? Have
1: to go and solve this crime
0: what happens to culture and society in a post-apocalyptic world where everything oh, God. has stopped? Words to that effect tell stories of the fiction that shapes popular culture. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts and at WTTEpodcast.com.
1: And now here we go. It's Julia Marsley.
0: In Estonia, and then I grew up in London, uh, half of my life. So when I was 12, I left.
1: When you were in Estonia, were, were you interested in comedy or drama or uh, performing? Was that something? Yeah,
0: I was just like so young, you know, so I don't remember it that much. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I liked to play. I liked to do something like I, I like to re- rebel a little bit in school, and uh, I, I like to break the rules a little bit. So I think that's something. That's
1: something you're still doing, I think.
0: I, I don't know. I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and what about in uh, London? There uh, was that a big change for you? Well, like changing school and changing country, and
0: uh... it was. I didn't speak any English oh. or a little bit, so I was. I didn't understand what was going on and uh, I just like had to speak a physical language. Like, (laughs) so I do kind of um, physical performance now. So maybe that's something that, because I, I felt the need to communicate through, you know, more physically than with words.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. So like you were in a classroom and you just didn't know what was happening.
0: Doing- <laughs> yeah, I didn't. And But, you know, when you don't know what's happening, you start noticing other things. Like, you know, you, you just start noticing other things that are like, you know, uh, under there, not just language. And then, yeah, I think I was doing that because to just entertain myself, you know.
1: Were you getting really good at reading body language?
0: Then you have to, you know, that's the only way to communicate if you don't speak the language.
1: So then, when you went to university, were you interested in the arts, or what did you? Go? I actually
0: never went to university. Okay. I went to um, kind of a theater, like a really weird theater school, <laughs> um, tucked away in a in France, in like a strange. Town, and there is this old man, French man, with a drum, and he's teaching. And he's like, "If you're boring, you have to leave a leave, and 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 then you would go into the corner and hide and wait until you get the guts to get back up on stage again." <laughs> so yeah, I, I didn't do like academic kind of work. Uh, so I didn't. I never went to university. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. So how did you find out about this theater?
0: Uh I did a workshop with a company that I really love um Complicite theater company. They do uh I just saw um I, I saw a show reel of their work online and it just blew my mind. It just it was very poetic and playful and uh, it was just nothing like I've seen before. So I was like, I have to find out about these people. And then I did a workshop with them and they said, they told me about the school and this teacher. And then, um, I went there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. And so it's pretty like, uh, no, uh, prisoners taken. So if you're not, if, if you, if the teacher doesn't feel you're doing what, what's great, he just goes, no
0: uh yeah but it's out of love it's like he wants you to be good it's kind of like um yeah he, he's very it's very honest but it's still playful so it's like you feel the pe- but you feel the uh, ouch but it's like you're like no but it's it's all good and the whole point is to 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 get comfortable failing and being shit you know <laughs> and then being yeah. like i'm shit but i'm still gonna try and then you kind of Hopefully, find something in that place because then you don't have much to lose. Yeah, and that's similar
1: to uh, well, what I've heard of about the Lecoq school. That
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um, he. He's he studied with Lecoq Ah, okay,
1: yeah. okay. So I heard that if you're you're performing something just in the middle of it,
0: mm. you might
1: go no mercy,
0: and you have to. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, merci is actually quite nice. That's quite nice compared to my teaching.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah yeah. 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 All right. So, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I uh, see that. I think from from what I've seen of you uh, on YouTube that you're comfortable, kind of almost doing nothing. You're com- comfortable just being on stage. You don't seem to have, feel the pressure to perform.
0: That's, that's actually quite nice. That uh, that That's nice to say that. I, I like that. I hope, I hope so. It's not always the case, but I think, um, I, I try to get to the place where I feel happy to be there, you know, just um, happy to see people. And, mm-hmm. um, but when I'm in my own head, that's, that's when I, that's when it's, it's more, it's hard. <laughs> so it, it helps when I'm comfortable being there, you know. But when when I start thinking, what am I doing? Then I usually (laughs) so right. That's the thing that I'm trying to. So that what you noticed is that's nice to say that.
1: Okay, and is that strikes me as similar to what you try to get in meditation? So you try to experience the actual moment you're living.
0: Exactly. That is exactly it. Wow. You really just, (laughs) that's exactly, I, yeah, I I really, I guess I, yeah, that's something I definitely just am interested about the, the present moment and trying to be present, which is very hard sometimes with everything that's going on around us. It's weird how hard it is just to be
1: like. Particularly on stage.
0: You get less stressed. The more you practice, I guess, just like with anything. But when you realize that it's nothing, like that, it is just people and you, you know, that you, you're just in a room. It's nothing, you know. You're just in, in, a, ha- in a in a in four walls with people, just you and the people, and th- that's okay. Like then you realize, oh, nothing to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It just-
0: we're all the same. And
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, like, I mean, I've come from a different angle and I'm only learning, I'm, I've only, if I've learnt it at all, I've learnt it recently, but, uh, you know, I started off doing uh, sketches and stand-up comedy, but I certainly wasn't, I was putting on a facade, like, you know, as, I suppose, as most people do. Um I did, and then I did, uh, a, a week-long clowning course and, and uh, well, that was one of the things I learned. So whether I brought that to the stage, I don't know, but I, I certainly learnt in that that you could,
0: uh. Who is? Who did you do?
1: It's just in Dublin, uh, the Lear Academy. But, but part of it was in something that I, it, it goes against all my instincts as a stand-up comedian would be to come out, not be able to say anything,
0: <laughs>
1: and to make eye contact with each member of the, well, each Oh, the other students were sitting there yeah. and try to have some kind of communication before you move on to someone else. That was terrifying.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know it took, like, I know it, it's um, when I first like my, the, like when I started clowning at the school I told you about, it's oh, I, I just kept looking at the floor all the time. He was like, you love the floor the floor is you're in love with it. Like I I, I, I totally feel you. It's so hard to lose. like you it's like they're gonna find out about me as a person. Yeah. Like I'm like and and there's just you know, you just I just felt so many of my things but then when it happens it's it feels easy. Like but it's so hard to yeah, okay. to let them in, isn't it? Yeah, but isn't
1: it, isn't it absolutely incredible that just saying nothing and looking at somebody is terrifying, that, that you think they're going to see who you And maybe they do see who you are.
0: <laughs> true, true. Because
1: <laughs> perhaps conversation is, is a mask as well, you know, constantly yeah. talk, filling the void with words. and stuff.
0: True, that's so true. It is probably because we're always like, What should I say now
1: and uh, the other thing i I realized uh, actually is that the struggle whatever struggle you're having on stage is incredibly interesting if i 'm watching someone else struggle on stage it 's fascinating yeah. it 's amazing to watch
0: yeah, because it 's real i guess
1: and then when when the and you see somebody discover how to how to um, they're struggling, and then maybe they find an answer to what they were struggling for. You know, that's 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 what drama is all about, isn't it? A struggle and then a conclusion. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It's, it, it is. It is. Um, yeah, to, to to watch someone f- fail or struggle, we're just like, yeah, that's just like me every day. So, <laughs> we, yeah, I think so. I think I agree with it. So, yeah.
1: Right okay so how long did you um study uh, in France?
0: Uh for 2 years. Yeah and then I came back to London and um yeah and then I was in London since since then.
1: Yeah. And what did you think you wanted to do after that?
0: I make- wanted actually I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a a, a classical actor. Mm-hmm. in a big theatre <laughs> and then I didn't do that and how,
1: well how does one go about that, I suppose there's an audition process for theatre yeah,
0: I I suppose so, to be honest with you, I didn't know myself how to go about it because everyone in my class was a comedian like in the class where I went, even though I went to the school because of because it was um, recommended to me by a theater company that I love. But then I turned up at the school and everyone was a comedian and everyone was there because of because of some guy, Doctor Brown. I was like, who is Doctor Brown? I'm like Phil Burkins, <laughs> Who is that? You know? And then like everyone was there because of him. You know, everyone was talking about Edinburgh Fringe. Like comedy award I was like what even is that like I don't I didn't know what any of this was I wanted to do like tragedy you know (laughs) and then um and then because I I left the school and then I didn't have any actor friends I had all my friends were comics so they were like yeah I'm going to do a gig I'm going to try some material and then I'm working on a solo show and then I was just like Okay, where is the gig? Can I come? Can I try? and then I just found myself doing comedy like' <laughs> like what what's happening and then now I'm doing some really weird like yeah, <laughs> performing That's I don't even know how to yeah, I don't even know what I'm doing to be honest but
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh how did you uh I, actually that's uh, amazing that everybody in this school in france. Yeah.
0: And lots of, lots of, uh, British comedians as well. Wow. And Australian, maybe like one French person there. Yeah.
1: They were all, all told together by a, a mysterious Mysterious Dr.
0: Brown. Brown.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who is Dr. Brown? Gotta get him on the show.
0: Um, (laughs) Yes, you. do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so how did you, uh, uh, You've written a show called Legs, yeah. Yes, Based- you can
0: say I've written that. You can say that. <laughs> <laughs> if it can be written, yes.
1: <laughs> well, you've certainly performed it. Um, yeah. Of course, I have you.
0: written it. I have notes where it's like
1: legs,
0: legs. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and uh, and that won the Malcolm Hardy Award,
0: yeah. It so- did, yeah.
1: So that's fantastic so how did this come about what what inspired you to
0: inspired legs for me was um when we were in Adelaide fringe uh, me and my we we did a cabaret where we could try different things it 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 was um it wasn't always a success it was often a flop, but it meant that we could try. Uh, things we've never tried before which was very cool and then we went to a charity shop to look for costume and uh, I found a coat and a hat in the shop and some shoes but I couldn't find trousers and she was like why don't you just wear this and then I was like okay and then I wore it and then I just like she just started laughing at me like she was like you look so stupid and then I started walking around like the shop, like that, <laughs> and just started to laugh. And it was more like it was like a two friends having fun in the shop moment. And then she was just like, "Why don't you go and do that tonight on stage in the cabaret?" And I was just like, "I am terrified. People are like, you know, it's it's gonna be scary like to to go w- without trousers like." this is going to be terrifying, and it was, it was so scary, I got like, so much anxiety backstage, like, you know, it's just like, but then she was like, no, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, like, you've got to do this for women, you've got to do this for legs, like, what, who says, why is this uncomfortable for you, like, just cl- like claim your legs, go and reclaim your legs, so I was like, oh my god, okay, okay, and then I went, and then. <laughs> The first time I did it, I think it didn't go so well, but I insisted. I just kept on doing it until I just, but yeah, actually the first time I did it, people just looked at me like, they were just looking at me and they were just like so confused. And then I was like, legs. And then that's where legs started because I had to explain. I was like, legs. I just started saying legs. And then they kind of started laughing a little bit. And then it just kind of grew slowly from that. And I kept on trying it with an audience. And then slowly it just kind of developed into something. And then two brothers, amazing Duncan brothers that the show Lexus we made with, uh, they just, they are like the, the most, I don't know, they're just so insane and fun, and they just love to take ideas really far and stupid ideas. And then we we wanted to do a show in Edinburgh, so we were like, why don't we just call it Legs? And then we made a whole show about Legs, and they just took that on and, like, it was just, you know, they made this Legs world possible. That was much more than just my number, you know, it just became this big thing and just Mm. full of legs the whole show. So it was it was it was fun, yeah.
1: It's it's interesting, isn't it, that you you uh take something just like legs, whatever, you just start with that. And then it, it kinda becomes profound in some sense.
0: I hope so i i am uh inside i i am all about tragedy and uh profound so i i hope so i hope it's i hope people feel feel in their in, a lot about their legs and the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah, I
1: mean, I suppose it, I, I haven't seen the whole show, so I've only seen a clip on uh, but I'm just listening to you talk about your first time going on stage and that and that um, you're going on there thinking you've got to do this for women as well and maybe maybe there's or maybe just the fact that you feel vulnerable not think, having.
0: Yeah, I felt definitely vulnerable. But I think that was made it interesting to go and try and have fun like that.
1: Yeah. And the fact that you felt vulnerable meant there was something.
0: Probably. That's how I thought as well. Like, why do I feel so scared to do this? Yeah, I think there was. And, I think there definitely was.
1: Uh, yeah, so that, that's incredible. I wish I could You're see used
0: it. to legs being like, ooh, too much, too feminine, too, I don't know. It's, it's just, um, they are feminine, grey, whatever, but they're also not. Like, there are also many other things.
1: Yeah, yeah, you could take that of any part of the body uh, that's been sexualized and you go, yeah. well, actually, it's got practical use. It's legs. They, yeah. they, they bring you around. Why do you have to... Mm and uh yeah. so, yeah, in that sense, it is, but that was two thousand and nineteen you you won that award, and, no. yeah. and what about sketches have you Have you filmed any sketches? I saw one actually from the the monkey barrel or whatever
0: oh cool, yeah, um yeah, actually, I did a few for them, and then we made a video. it's called um masters of squat it's on it's on my youtube <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a uh, it's a video about squatting. It's kind of a development from legs. Like, how healthy it is to squat, and that everyone should squat all the time because it is genuinely really healthy.
1: Um, to oh, oh, to squat on your. Uh, I thought you meant to take a, to move into a uh, house. That's... Oh, oh,
0: yeah, no, to actually squat. Um, I, I meant squat, but um, yeah. But yeah, squatting, moving into a house, but that, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so uh squatting down is good for your health. Why is that? Very
0: good. It's unbelievably good, actually. We did a lot of research on it, and we found out that it's it's so good for your so for your general well being, your digestion, your you know your flexibility. It's even easier, <laughs> even and if you're pregnant, it's really good because then your hips are open, it's very, it it gives end to your spine, it's just the best, you should all, like everyone I think needs to be squatting more.
1: Okay, that's interesting, I must try more squatting because I've had um, uh, tight hips.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You need to do it, you must. It's not always comfortable at first, but you get much better at it. And then you can even eat while squatting. You can brush your teeth. You can hang out. There's a whole squatting culture in in Russia. It's like a meme about squatting. Like, people love to squat. Oh,
1: okay. And the the
0: lifestyle.
1: You could do without chairs then altogether.
0: Yeah, you can. You don't need chairs.
1: And uh, is that... um, It's
0: a revolution (laughs) against chairs.
1: It's an anti-chair uh, stance. Exactly.
0: And, uh, To bring down the chair.
1: Well, so the Japanese really would, would be, their culture would be non-chair. Right?
0: Have you been there? I, I, I don't actually know, yeah.
1: No, but I'm thinking that, that everything's quite low. The tables are low and...
0: Oh, yeah, true, 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 true. Yes. Yes, oh. they, they get it. No chairs.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, the modern toilet you wouldn't be a fan of then. Modern toilet sitting. <laughs> oh
0: God! Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. No, I prefer yeah the old way.
1: Yeah, it's, that is definitely. But I don't want to bring it there. But I mean, that is definitely supposed to be a healthier way too.
0: Yeah, true. It is actually. It is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It it is much better. Yeah. It's actually very unhealthy to sit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, that sounds brilliant. I'm going I to look that up.
0: Yeah. So the
1: squatting is on, uh, is on YouTube. Is on your
0: squatting um, right now, actually. Sorry. Should be.
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to stay sitting okay. in case I fall over. Uh, I think I will. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'm going to stay sitting. Um, so maybe I should try it.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: Try okay. Yeah, it. uh, it's going to take me a while to get used to this but uh, uh if, I, I will give it a go because uh I need <laughs> I not go that far I give it a go, it's really hard for me actually well it brings a new meaning to the term squatters right and
0: it's all about getting your heels on
1: the ground oh my heels are not on the ground <laughs> Oh, my God.
0: <laughs>
1: I swear to God, this is so hard for me. I'm going to try it at some other time. <laughs>
0: uh, Thank you for uh, trying.
1: That's so nice. I know. I felt that I should, really. I think uh, I might check in with you in maybe a month's time and uh, send you a photograph of my squatting.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. Okay. Listen... Julia, it's been really nice talking to you and I, I love what you're doing. It's
0: been lovely speaking.
1: Yeah, no problem. And enjoy your time in Oslo. Sounds like good fun.
0: Thank you. Nice to meet you.
1: Nice to meet you. Okay. Bye bye. Yeah. well i'm glad uh i had that chat i love talking about being present on stage and uh very interesting about squatting isn't it probably uh, i haven't actually been squatting since i did that interview that just reminded me i should be i should give it a go um because of, i've got tight hips i could start talking about my hips for the next 10 podcasts uh well yeah, I'm going to have some more uh, great ladies of comedy coming up in the next few weeks, up right up until Christmas. If you want to contact me, you can get me on Instagram at Joe Rooney comedian. You can email me on my website, Joe Rooney You can talk to me on Twitter, Joe Rooney one, <laughs> and you can. What else could you do? Facebook, Joe Rooney comedian, Headspace or. Well, I can't remember. What was that no. one? Square? Space? Space? I can't remember. Bebo? Yeah, I'm probably on Bebo. If Bebo still exists, I'm probably there. Okay. Uh That's just people who don't even know what Bebo is, listening. All right, I better go. Uh, gotta go. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. See you. <laughs> Have a so nice talking.